0: This podcast is not for the easily offended, victimhood enthusiasts or those who take themselves too seriously. Namely cyclists, conspiracy theorists, personal trainers and other fanatics. Your Hobby is Shit is a nerd-free environment which strongly discourages dickheads from listening. Authorised by Sean Woodland for Your Hobby is Shit. For a long time now, humans have invented inadvertently stumbled across and participated in a variety of activities we now know as hobbies. We use them for pleasure, to reduce corporate guilt, to escape the misery of home life and to help deny the grim reality that awaits us all. From the bizarre, obsessive and psychologically illuminating to the downright ludicrous, whatever your hobby, this podcast is going to pull it apart. So whack in your headphones, get into your hobby with a vengeance and prepare to be exposed. Because I'm Sean Woodland, and your hobby is shit. Hello and welcome. I'd like to extend a big thank you to listeners who gave us some feedback after the first episode on cyclists, some of it unsavoury. But in particular, I would like to pay my respects to Zaya Nads, who kindly pointed out that I need to adjust the sound levels on my guitar. Firstly, Zaya, it's not my guitar. If I could play guitar... I wouldn't be a comedian, and I certainly wouldn't be making a podcast. And secondly, both Zaya and Nads, uh, they failed to pay attention to the advice regarding complaints at the beginning of the podcast. However, I'm in a forgiving mood, and what I'm going to do is make a minimal effort to rectify the technical shortcomings on my independently produced podcast that is made in freezing conditions in the bowels of my house, facing constant interruptions from children, a recalcitrant Staffordshire Bull Terrier, and my two pet cockatiels. All for your listening pleasure. So, because I'm in lockdown and isolation, and therefore have a bit of time up my sleeve, I wanted to release a bonus episode, as I've been experiencing immense vehemence toward a group of hobbyists who are dead shit scum of the earth. Normal transmission will resume next episode. Rightio, this episode is going to have a fair bit of language in it, because I'm well and truly over these bottom feeders. Any pretense at respect or civilised debate is long gone. Only religious extremists, the filthy rich, malignant narcissists, slimy politicians, psychopaths and possibly Collingwood fans thwart the progress of humanity to the same extent as these inbred cocksuckers. To this day, they continue to remain responsible for the deaths of children, but at present also the deaths of elderly and our most vulnerable Uh, This is largely due to a myriad of severe personality flaws, neurological deficiencies and emotional retardations, or sometimes the whole fucking trifecta. Today's hobby, I'm speaking about anti-vaxxers. Rest assured, being an anti-vaxxer is a hobby, it's not a science. It has a much closer relationship to passion than it does to evidence, academia or fact, But sadly, we live in a post-fact world where opinions and facts have become interchangeable, meaning that opinions can carry as much weight as actual facts. But there is concern anti-vax propaganda grounded in conspiracy theory and pseudoscience is undermining confidence. Yep, the slightly less radicalised but equally as mental sibling of the full-blown conspiracy theorist, Anti-vaxxers sometimes focus only on the one area of specialty, leaving 9-11, the moon landing, Lady Diana and JFK to their fantastically disturbed elder siblings. Clearly to me, they suffer from a lack of empathy. They're also usually frightened, disaffected, crave attention or possibly endure an ongoing societal resentment that they're eager to project onto others. Often they'll have a belligerent sense of entitlement that remains unfulfilled. They can possess a desire to always be the smartest person in the room. Rarely do these people ask questions. Many have a Jesus complex, something that if Jesus actually had, it'd make sense why he was killed. And while on the subject of religion, people who have an imaginary friend are also more likely to be anti-vaxxers. I guess since their faith is made up, why wouldn't they think other shit was made up too? And don't underestimate the prevalence of addiction among the conspiracy theorist slash anti-vaxxing community. I know more than a dozen committed anti-vaxxers, and all but two either smoke copious amounts of weed are alcoholics or recovering addicts of one sort or another. Look, try as I have to abuse substance with sufficient vigour to lose my grasp on reality, to this point I've been unable to do so. The closest I've come is thinking I was Clint Eastwood for 10 minutes when stoned off my tits on some Malawi gold in a Tanzanian dirt floor saloon back in 1993. Blame and fear play a part too. Some people are so incapable of accepting that bad things happen in life that they're compelled to find someone or something to blame. They must have an explanation, no matter how dangerous or far-fetched it may be. So when a pandemic starts, their child has autism, a building collapses after being struck by a jet, rather than accept evidence or the tragedy for what it is, they go extreme, straight to hoaxes, vaccines and inside jobs. Dickheads. Now, it's not compulsory to be as thick as pig shit to be an anti-vaxxer, but it certainly doesn't hurt. Yes, I know, they're not all stupid, like bikey gangs and narcotic syndicates. Anti-vaxxers also need to be led or inspired by someone with half a brain. These people are usually the charming and charismatic type. Now, I've been called lots of words that start with the letter C, but thankfully never charming or charismatic. If ever there was a red flag that the person in front of you was high up on the psychopath scale a sexual predator or as dodgy as fuck, it's if you find them charming or charismatic. Anyone described as such should be on a watch list. Charm and charisma almost never equate to human decency. If you meet someone charming and charismatic, the best thing to do is think of Ted Bundy, one of the most charming and charismatic men ever to walk the planet. Failing that, think of other charming and charismatic types – Eddie McGuire, Rolf Harris, Wayne Carey, Bill Cosby or Craig McLaughlin. And that should do the job. Just don't think of Dave Grohl. He's the exception to the rule. Anyway, there is the odd intelligent rogue doctor or person with an intellect who gets in on the anti-vaxxer act. This is often a result of their ego having been damaged beyond repair or they've been struck off the medical register for doing shit that doctors just shouldn't do. These people are often articulate and persuasive, and they're pretty good at leading impressionable, vulnerable and confused dumbfucks down a dark path where they fall prey to cognitive biases. Look, I didn't particularly want to spend my spare time learning all this shit, and I'm not pretending to be clever or a scientist. I just got sick to death of hearing people say things like, Well, do you know anyone with COVID? Or, the vaccine has been fast-tracked? Or, how do we know it's safe? Or, apparently it causes blood clots, or fucking autism, or Bill Gates, 5G, Big Pharma, guinea pigs, and all that other shit. So I researched it. I've talked to, listened to, and read as much as I can, ranging from actual experts down to fucking nutters who have been talking to God or rely on their gut feel, and everything and everyone in between. I've given the skeptics way more respect than they're deserving of. These clowns rely on anecdotal evidence and are the sort of people who start sentences with apparently and they reckon, or I heard, which is pretty much the same as saying I've got no fucking idea whether or not what I'm about to say is true. And the strength of their opinions is usually in complete contrast to the level of education they've achieved. At best, they cherry-pick data that suits their narrative. It's an old trick, one that climate change sceptics use as well. And fuck them too. Yet, sometimes... Just sometimes anti vaxxers actually manage to do some good simply by opening their mouths. Vaccination of any kind causes autism. So only children who are vaccinated get autism. That's right. (laughs) So good. Such a compelling argument. Again, I wish I didn't have to spend my isolation, lockdown time understanding all this, or trying to. I could think of plenty of things I'd rather be doing, like watching movies, making your hobby a shit podcast about jugglers or fucking fire twirlers or even better spending the time threatening my children into behaving appropriately another reason i've begun to investigate this shit is that there's a couple of people i know who are so far away with the conspiracy fairies it's frightening and i wanted to understand how radicalization and becoming a stark raving fucking lunatic works it comes down to this when i've got a problem with my car i go to my legendary russian mechanic and when i need medical advice. I go to the doctor. And no, I don't trust politicians or cops. I'm anti-authoritarian by nature. Nor do I believe everything I'm told. And yes, I do understand the importance of asking questions. But I also understand the principle of the greater good. And that when you're wrong, and have been proven wrong repeatedly for 200 years, you take your medicine, shut the fuck up, and pick a new hobby to entertain your need for attention. Right, biases. Obviously, we all use biases to help us understand things and make decisions. I do it all the time, which is why my sports bet account is constantly being topped up. However, some biases have a far greater impact than my 50 cents each way on some donkey in a Bendigo race on a weekday. Biases like, say, those that end up getting people killed. There's cognitive dissonance. This is where we have conflicting thoughts and or behaviours. To alleviate the discomfort, we need to change either the behaviour or the belief. For example, a parent who hears about vaccine efficacy but also worries that the vaccine might harm their child, they might choose to believe that the vaccines don't work to relieve the dissonance. Omission bias is a pretty simple one, and it's where some dunderhead just decides not to vaccinate because it feels safer than vaccinating. A bit like not leaving the house in case you die. Confirmation bias is really popular among those unable to think critically, or those unwilling, this is where uh, you might use information that supports your beliefs or distorted worldview. Like say, you may have heard that left-handed people are more creative than right-handed people, and whenever you then encounter a lefty who is creative, it helps to confirm your belief, and you might see it as evidence. You might actively begin to seek out further examples while discounting examples that don't support that idea. Personally, I think that one is a bad example, as everyone knows lefties are more creative. But you get my point. And the point is, it is unscientific. The availability heuristic is being used by dickheads to great effect at present. Uh, It's where you use what resides in your consciousness and is easy to recall, focusing on the extremely rare instances where, say, vaccine may not have worked or failed. Uh, You'll remember hearing that the MMR vaccine causes autism, when it absolutely doesn't, or the current favourite, that AstraZeneca causes blood clots which it does, but fuck all of them. There is also a naturalist bias in the anti-vax community, arguing that vaccines are man-made and therefore unnatural, making them inferior to natural immunity. I'm not sure where to start here, but based on that logic, fridges and cars are also man-made and unnatural. And finally, there is the illusory correlation. This is where, say, autism and vaccination co-occur, even though there is absolutely no link between the two. That's not to say there haven't been problems with vaccines on occasion. In 1955, the polio vaccine was administered with the live polio virus, and it caused some cases of paralysis. Not anywhere near as many as the number of cases of paralysis and death caused by actual polio. Every medicine has side effects. Rarely are they deadly. It's been reported on numerous occasions recently that reactions to the contraceptive pill are more common and severe than reactions to the AstraZeneca vaccine. But that doesn't suit the blinkered narrative of the anti-vaxxer. I've got a mate who had his small intestine perforated during a standard procedure recently. He spent a couple of weeks in hospital and nearly died. He didn't. And thank fuck for that, because he owns a fishing boat. Medicines come with risk. We're guinea pigs every time we take anything if you want to go down that pathetic path. Science wouldn't get away with using weak and biased arguments for 250 years, particularly if these arguments had been proved wrong. Time after time. Time time. If these dickheads were fair income about their distrust of medicine or science, they'd pick a side. They wouldn't go to a doctor. Yet remarkably, most still do. Anti-vaxxers still use conventional medicine when it suits the cowards. If they suffer a stroke, have diabetes or cancer, they trust science. They don't ask a Gold Coast hairdresser with a Year 10 certificate and part-time interest in homeopathy what she thinks about the Spanish dancer. It's almost as if their hypocrisy and ignorance are so great, they aren't aware of its existence. One thing thick-skinned anti-vaxxers prove is that ignorance is one of the greatest gifts you can receive. The chances of an anti-vaxxer listening to this are slim. Listening isn't really their thing. Arrogantly spreading misinformation and pseudoscience through forceful opinion is more their go. And like any fuckwit or a politician or someone suffering from psychosis or a drug dependency, They're impossible to argue with. All reason and the ability to listen has evaporated along with their ability to determine fact from fiction. Okay, let's take a look at the history of anti-vaxxing. It's been around for a while. Uh, Anti-vaxxers have been around for as long as vaccines. Dickheads just don't go away. First, they were opposed to the smallpox vaccine in the 1800s. Next, they moved on to the safety and efficacy of diphtheria, tetanus and whooping cough, then the measles, mumps and rubella vaccine. The rationale for criticism of the smallpox vaccine included political, sanitary and religious objections. Some called it unchristian. Others believed it violated their civil liberties. By 1867, the British government legislated that children up to 14 years of age must be vaccinated against smallpox. These laws were met with immediate resistance by some citizens who demanded their right to control their bodies and those of their children. That's the calibre of cunt we're dealing with here, people so righteously indignant they'd rather lose a child than be told what to do. Yep, the same strategies and arguments they used 150 odd years ago, they are still using now. They haven't evolved much. They minimise the threat, refer to senseless panic, claim the vaccine is deadlier than the disease. Sound familiar? In the past they also falsely claimed vaccinations caused a full spectrum of things ranging from syphilis... Typhoid, tuberculosis, cholera and blood poisoning. These days, the emphasis has been mostly on vaccines causing autism and whatever the fuck these dipshits think this COVID vaccines going to cause. Buying Microsoft shit or getting 5G in their lonely dicks or whatever. Oh, and in case you didn't know, smallpox has been eradicated despite the best efforts of anti-vaxxers. As a parent, deciding not to immunise your child from the child's point of view is you playing Russian roulette with their life. So, this bullshit has persisted with each and every vaccine. And in times of high anxiety and public fear, like, say, during a pandemic, when people are struggling to cope, the fear takes hold and misinformation gains traction. And once it's entered into the public domain, some people are unable to determine the legitimacy of the claims. If something is repeated often enough, it eventually becomes entrenched in your consciousness, and sometimes it's even seen as the truth. It's like playing a word association game. After 9-11, if I heard the word Muslim, terrorist was the next word that popped into my head. Now, you might hear AstraZeneca and you automatically think of blood clots. That's the availability heuristic at work. It's almost as ridiculous as hearing the word water and immediately thinking of drowning. Jesus Christ. Which brings me to possibly the single greatest cockhead to ever enter the anti vaxing world, Andrew Wakefield, a man who, like me, isn't a doctor, Though, unlike me, he once was one. Wakefield was struck off the medical register for being a lying, deceitful, fraudulent, utter piece of shit. He's the brains behind the vaccines cause autism lie. And yep, you guessed it, he was charming and charismatic. So much so that until recently, he was dating none other than Elle McPherson. We could surmise that Elle's choices in men come down to having a shit dad and limited neurological capacity. Wakefield published a paper on autism in a prestigious medical journal in 1998. The only problem with the findings was they were bullshit, and in the ensuing years, he was also found to have a financial conflict of interest and fabricated evidence in the study. Eventually, the so-called research was retracted completely by the journal and Wakefield's co-authors disappeared faster than a fart in a fan factory. So, conspiracy theorists, there's your hoax right there. Yet, to this day, there are fucking idiots who persist in believing that vaccines cause autism, when in fact, what vaccines do cause are adults, because they stop kids from dying. Look this Wakefield prick up for yourself. The way he fabricated and conducted his research on vulnerable families is absolutely sickening. Disgraced and discredited, the doctor who convinced thousands of parents to skip vital vaccinations for their children. Andrew Wickfield's already been stripped of his medical license. Now he's been called a fraud. Currently, people are identifying as vaccine hesitant. I'm not anti-vaccine, I'm just not ready yet. Or I'm just not sure, blah, blah, blah. These are the same minimal thinking bellends who are swiping toilet paper off the shelves. They're not hesitant, they're scaredy cats. And have been made so by the current crop of Andrew Wakefield disciples. It's a pandemic. We're all scared. I'm scared every time I fart. I'm scared when I think of Donald Trump naked. I'm scared when I'm in a room with two women who don't like each other. I'm scared when I have to use a toilet after a celiac's been in there. We're all scared. I'm scared that I'm going to be stuck in the house with my family every day for the rest of my life. But being scared doesn't mean that I let my irrational brain run amok and fuck science off in favour of some falsified, oft-repeated, easily digestible cod's wallop sold to me by a fucking imbecile. Or that I'm going to start listening to Happy Clapper ScoMo, Pauline Hanson, Anthony Mundine, Pete Evans, Clive Palmer, Alex Jones, or some doctor who's been struck off the medical register for fingering his patients as treatment for sore shoulder. If you're scared, read the right stuff, and by that I mean something written by actual experts, peer-reviewed stuff. Don't read a flyer passed around by some bored soccer mum from your child's privileged school, or listen to some vacuous piece of shit on breakfast television, and whatever you fucking do, don't go down a Facebook or YouTube rabbit hole. The algorithms for those two pieces of software are the two biggest conspiracies of the 21st century. Try telling that to a brainwashed anti-vaxxer. Well, here's another idea. Speak to your doctor. And my guess is they will tell you to get vaccinated way more politely than I'd tell you. Anyway, there's no better way to cure vaccine hesitancy than a two-week lockdown with your family. The vaccine's been fast-tracked is another beauty. Okay, briefly. So, with the COVID vaccines, a lot of things have happened in parallel that once would have happened in series. That's efficiency, not compromising the vaccine integrity. They've been able to do this because government schemes have ensured that companies won't go broke if they're not the first to produce a vaccine. Also, none of the COVID vaccine technologies are new. There's been coronaviruses before, so some of the work was already done. And another thing, the vaccines were put to the front of the queue for approval instead of waiting their turn. You know how, like, really sick people are put to the front of the queue at emergency departments? And you know what else? Sometimes people do fucking overtime out of necessity. Not overtime trolling people on Facebook, working their asses off to get a job done quicker. It's called for the greater good, something these conspiratorial fuckheads know nothing about. I've had my first shot of the AstraZeneca. To avoid the risk of blood clot, I made sure my blood was thin by having 10 schooners later that night. And just like almost every single one of the millions of people that have had it, I'm fine. I'm also currently in isolation, having been exposed to the virus at the pub last week. As a result, I was deemed to be a close contact. My three mates and I were sitting out in the smoking section of the pub, whilst the sado wannabe Shane Warnes, who were playing poker with their hats on backwards and wearing sunglasses at night, sitting right on top of each other, contracted and spread the virus. We were spared COVID because we were chain-smoking bungers. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, conspiracy theorists. A few weeks back, I met Nanny Vaxer at a barbecue. Sometimes they're easy to pick. Funnily enough, they're often single. Sometimes they're the sort of people who homeschool their kids. Dirty hippies. If homeschooling your kids isn't a sign of sickness, I don't know what is. I'll tell you what, if I ever have to homeschool my kids again, there could be a homeschool shooting. Anyway, I picked this woman straight away. She had the pink and purple hair going, a wandering eye, you know, a classic possum spotter. COVID is a hoax, she proclaimed loudly. That was an interesting comment for her to make, if not a little ironic, considering her eyes were already social distancing. Do you believe it? she asked me. Yeah. Well, where do you get your information from? she demanded to know. Science, I replied. Then she started on the vaccine. Are you having the vaccine? she demanded to know. I've already had it. Well, I hope you did your due diligence, she said, whilst I shit you not smoking a cigarette. Yep, the same woman who I've seen sniff Colombian nose candy or filthy shit of cisterns asked me if I'd done my due diligence with a straight face well, and a possum spotter. A bit later and we're having a sausage sandwich and she says, well, I'm not having the vaccine. No one had asked, but you don't have to ask these people. I'm not putting anything in my body that I don't know what's in it. She said, a look on her face as vacant as the chasm between her ears. I couldn't help myself, so I pointed out to her that she was eating a sausage. Sarcasm is lost on these people. I mean, I have no idea what's in the fucking beer I drink. If you get stuck with one of these fuck whistles who bangs on about there being chemicals in vaccines, you can always ask them if they've ever heard about the chemical compound of dihydrogen monoxide and how it kills thousands of peoples every year, but it's still readily available. Then tell them that dihydrogen monoxide is water. Water is chemicals too. Look the prank up, it's brilliant. You don't have to understand the chemical properties of water to drink it. It's the dose of chemicals that counts. There's, there's more mercury in a tuna sandwich. Sadly, it turns out there is a biological component to whether or not some people believe facts. Peer-reviewed scientific studies, if you believe in that sort of bullshit, have shown that not all anti-vaxxers, bigots, etc. consciously choose to believe the horseshit they spout. So, you could almost say Tony Abbott's got an excuse. Some of them literally can't help it. You know, nature rather than nurture. It's all rather tragic, really, but not quite as tragic as dying of a preventable illness. A Denver County Sheriff's deputy has died from COVID. Deputy Daniel Duke Trujillo was a father to a three-year-old girl. His Facebook page is filled with posts about his disbelief in the coronavirus vaccine. As a rule, I'm not into the further erosion of civil liberties, You know, but we as a society kind of lost any moral authority on that front when we began readily endorsing invasive TV shows like Border Security and Cops. The vaccine shouldn't have to be mandatory, but I for one will be doing fucking backflips if people who refuse to be vaccinated aren't allowed onto buses, planes, if they're not allowed into pubs and restaurants. Concerts. Bruce Springsteen and the Foo Fighters are already refusing entry to their concerts to anyone who isn't vaccinated. And those people can sit at home playing the victim invoking their easily debunked conspiracies all they like. And we can socialise without being annoyed by simpletons who bring shame on humanity by regurgitating bullshit but speaking with the assuredness of an epidemiologist. The dickheads who are just waiting to have the vaccine can do so in the comfort of their own homes for as long as they fucking like. Anti-vaxxers. If being perennially single, owning a dwindling friendship pool experiencing unprecedented surges in unreturned phone calls, being ignored in public and constantly appraised with raised eyebrows and patronising head nods, hasn't forced you into a much-needed bit of introspection, then try considering this. Boris Johnson, the British Prime Minister, said, you're all nutters. Now, if that's not a case of the armpit calling the arsehole hairy, I don't know what is. But in this case, Boris is right. Anyways, I reckon there's a million and a half people who died of COVID in the past 18 months who would love the opportunity to have the AstraZeneca vaccine. Anti-vaxxers, get your facts straight and go fuck yourselves. Your hobby is shit. Thank you for listening. I'll be back each and every week with harsh but fair critiques of shit hobbies. You can find the podcast wherever you listen to them. Chances are, you already have. Be an upstanding citizen, do the right thing, and share the podcast with your friends, even if you don't like it. You can even give us a review if you want. You can find your hobby of shit on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Your feedback is welcomed. Send your suggestions for shit hobbies in and I'll get to them in due course. For those of you with a penchant for complaining and whinging, you know who you are. Please do so in audio format so the rest of us can have a laugh at your expense in future episodes. Just use the Voice Memos app on your iPhone or whatever it is you weirdos with other phones use. Thanks again listeners, you're a credit to your families. My name's Sean Woodland and your hobby is shit. Just letting everybody know, I think the coronavirus is all bullshit. You all know that yourself. It's all bullshit. And half of people I know, they say it's all bullshit. Warning at the beginning of the podcast. That's twice in a row I've fucking been unable to say beginning.